The following recording is from the Parramatta Christian Church pulpit series. These sermons are freely available at pcc.org.au. We're going to conclude our series on faith and work today, um, and I'm really excited because I kind of really want to share with you some just practical kind of things. Um, I was going to kind of do a recap, uh, but I'm not going to do that. But you you can listen to all our podcasts. They're all there, and you can kind of get up to speed. If you haven't been a part of the journey, uh, we began in the first week of March. If you want to kind of get up to speed, you you can listen. But I wanted to end kind of with this final thought of kind of really doing some practical things at work. But before we kind of launch into that, I need to make an apology. Uh, I need to make an apology because I got something wrong last week. And I should have done better research and I should have known, but I, I was slack. And that is that Corey Temboon wasn't a Jew. She was a Dutch woman who was in the Nazi concentration camp because she was rescuing and helping Jews. So I just... Put that out there so you know I'm sorry I got it wrong. Sorry, Grace. (laughs) Never do that again. (laughs) No. All right, so this morning, um, again, I I, I wanted to uh, share with you some real practical things. I'm going to go kind of quickly because these are kind of really obvious things. And so there's not going to be anything rocket science this morning, kind of really simple things. But I want you to think about how you can live this out. Because uh, you might know this stuff, but knowing it and doing it are two completely different things. So we're just going to talk about some really simple things, and it's all from the book of Daniel. And the reason why I went to the book of Daniel is that it's, it's interesting that these guys who were Jews, they were Jews. They were not Dutch. <laughs> they were Jews, and they were taken out of Israel and taken to Babylon, which was a pagan environment, a completely ungodly environment. <laughs> Uh, This is the counterbalance of all the crying now. Everyone's kind of laughing. That's good. That's good. And so they're kind of in this environment, and they're they're brought into the service of a king who is so far removed from God, kind of like a lot of our workplaces. As Christians, we find ourselves in very non-Christian, pagan environments, and, and thinking about how do we live in a way that radiates Jesus, that reflects Christ, that honors Christ in such a pagan environment. So Daniel is a great place for us to engage with that question because that's exactly what Daniel had to do. And so while I don't have a a particular passage I'm going to preach from, we're going to be looking at a whole bunch of different things from Daniel chapters 1 to 6, which is kind of the narrative part of this book. And so again, you, you can spend more time there. And I'm going to kind of refer to these passages, and we might not read through them all, but you can, you can get the references down and write down the cross-references and have a look at these things for yourself. So the first thing uh, that I want to point out to you, that if you want to be influential in your workplace, I'm uh, sorry, my message is, is entitled Standing Out from the Crowd. Standing Out from the Crowd. And that's exactly what Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego did. They, they stood out in a very hostile pagan environment, and they were able to kind of honor God and, and draw people's attention to God in that kind of environment. So how do we do that? How do we stand out for God, and how do we radiate Jesus in a non-Christian pagan environment? The first thing I think you will need to wrestle with is you need to be good at what you do. You need to be good at what you do. You, you need to be competent If you want to stand out for Christ, if you want to radiate Jesus, if you want people to see you as being someone of influence and you want to stand out from the masses, you need to just be good at your job. 
And what's interesting is that we're told in Daniel that Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and, and all the other guys that were taken to Babylon were the cream of the crop. Like these guys were good looking, they were handsome, they had the aptitude for learning, they were the, the, the cream of the intellectual and, and social society of Israel, and that's why they were chosen. And I'm, I'm pretty sure that you're not in your workplace because you're a shoddy worker. At some point, you would have had a job interview, and people decided that you were the best candidate for the job. But sometimes we stop there. But what Daniel teaches us is that these guys were put into three years of training. Now, Daniel and his friends could have gone, what, what, train? You want to train me? Man, I'm the best that you've got. I don't need no training. Like, I'm the smartest guy in this place. No, he was like, okay, three years. If that's what it takes, all right, I'll go. And he learned and he grew and he got better to the point that in, in verse 17 of chapter 1, Nebuchadnezzar brings these guys out and he compares them. Sorry, not verse 17. Uh, can you put that up? <laughs> I lost my train of thought. Next one. Keep going. Next one. That one. The king talked with them, and he found none equal to Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Nazariah. So they entered the king's service, verse 19. None equal to them. That's what I, I want you to get, that if you want to have influence in your workplace, be the best at what you do. Be good. Stephen Curry, most of you would probably know that name, NBA basketball, a place for the Golden State Warriors, and I hope I get all my facts right this time. <laughs> Listen to what, it's actually Stephen. That's how you pronounce his name. Thank you. I got it right. Did I get it right? Yes. I did my research on that. This is what he said. I'm not a guy who's going to try to bash people over the head with the Bible. That's a good thing. I want people to know when they see me play that something is different, that I play for something different. And whether I'm talking about it or not, I just hope by the way I carry myself and by the way I play the game, they can see that there's something different about me. And they find, when they find out what it is, and then they know because it's part of who I am. I love that. He says, you know, I'm a Christian, but I'm not going to go standing on a soapbox. I'm just going to be good at what I do and let my playing make me influential. Be good at what you do. In your workplace, be willing to learn and go to every course they will offer to pay for you to go to. And if you have to pay to go for courses yourself, do it. Just learn and grow and be hungry to be better at what you're doing. Be the best that you can be and you'll be influential. The second thing I noticed, and I didn't know how to kind of describe this point. Uh, I initially put down never compromise, but then I read through Daniel and I, I can't say that. Because Daniel, what he does is quite interesting. And his friends, they allowed the Babylonians to rename them. And that's a huge thing for an Israelite. And you know that, right? When you look through the Bible in the Old Testament, how significant a person's name was. So they're going to this pagan environment and they're renamed. And they go, okay, if that's what you need to do, that's cool. So they do compromise. And then, you know, they're, they're, they're taught in pagan religion, pagan practices, pagan ways of doing things, Babylonian culture. They were immersed in it for three years. They didn't kind of get up on their high house and go, I'm a Christian. I'm a follower of Yahweh. I'm not going to put up with your pagan teachings. They're like, okay, if that's what we need to do to serve the king, well, we're going to go do that. But then we read in chapter one, when it comes to the food, Daniel goes, no, I'm not going to go any further. So the point I kind of came up with is honor Christ. 
honor Christ in your workplace. And there'll be some things that you'll be prepared to do that kind of goes against maybe your preferences and maybe your, your own kind of ways of doing things. And you'll go, you know what, if that's what it takes, I'm prepared to do that. I remember when I was a youth worker, one of the hardest things I had to do was do safe sex talks. And I had to go into high schools, girls' high schools, and demonstrate and teach them how to put a condom on a banana penis. That was hard. Yeah. <laughs> it's tough. And it kind of, I had to kind of really sit down, and Dasha's going, I can't believe you told them that. It's true. <laughs> and I had to kind of get my head around there and go, well, I'm a Christian, you know, am I okay with this? And then I kind of thought, you know what? This whole thing about harm minimization, I don't know if it's the same with drugs, it's the same with a whole bunch of stuff. I just thought, I've got to be okay with that because these young people, they don't know Jesus. And of course they're going to do stupid things. The best I can do as a youth worker is help them to at least be wise and sensible about the decisions they're making. And I said, look, I'm happy to go into schools and teach young people to do this on one condition, that you let me tell them that there's also another way, that abstinence is also a good way to go. And they said, okay. And so there are some things you might have to do in your workplace that are really uncomfortable for you. And that's okay. But you need to know where your line is. And you say, you know what? I'm not going to cross this line. There was a story told about a pastor who, when he was starting out, you know, when he was working at a bank and he was new. And, you know, a little while after he was there, his boss, and you've probably had this situation. His boss said to him, look, if so-and-so rings, tell them, what? I'm not in the office. And so he says to his boss, oh, are you going out for the morning? You know, you've got something on. He said, no, 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 I just don't want to talk to them. And he said, so let me get this straight. When he rings me, you want me to lie for you. And the boss was kind of going nuts and saying, what are you, what are you going on? And I started abusing him. And he said, and he's, in that moment, he prayed and said, God, you've got to help me. Help me to redeem this situation. And he said to his boss, he said this, shouldn't you be thankful that if I won't lie for you, that I won't lie to you? And the boss kind of went, yeah, you know what? That's true. Because so many people would. you got to know where your lines are. And for Daniel, eating food was one of them. For Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they were not going to bow down to a golden statue. Even if everybody else did it. They were like, no, we're not going to do it. And then in Daniel chapter 6, when, when the attack was against him praying, Daniel says, no, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to stop praying just because you tell me I can't. He, he knew where his convictions stood, and he was going to honor God. And in fact, the, the Bible tells us in Daniel 6 that, you know, these guys, his opponents, were looking for ways to trap him. They were looking for ways to undermine him. They're constantly watching him, watching him, watching him to see him do something dodgy. And it says that they never could find anything except his faith. Except his faith. Know where your convictions are in your workplace. Know where the lines are and stick to them. There was a story told, again, about a time when Boeing and uh, Douglas Airlines were in competition, and they were selling their new kind of jet engines to Eastern Airlines. And, you know, the, they, they put in these different proposals, and they put in their specs for their jet engines, these, these two competing um, aircraft companies. And the, 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 the CEO of Eastern Airlines, um, you know, compared them, and he said to Donald Douglas, who is his, one of his friends, he says, look, you and Boeing, you, your specs are exactly the same, except in one area. 
And that's in the area of noise suppression. They're a little bit better than you guys in, in noise suppression. He says, I'm going to give you a week to go away and to talk to your engineers and come back to me and tell me if you can at least match what those guys are going to do. And so he went away for a week. He talked to his engineers, and they couldn't do it. And so he came back to the CEO of Eastern Airlines and said, look, we talked to our engineers, and we, we can't do it. And the CEO said to him, I knew that you couldn't do it. I just wanted to see if you were still going to be honest about it. You see, when we're in the marketplace, integrity matters. Character matters, particularly today. People aren't just looking for competence. They're looking for people of character as well. So know where your lines are. Know where your convictions are and seek to honor Christ no matter the cost. And sometimes it will cost you dearly. But you know what? Even if people don't respect your convictions, they will respect that you have convictions. Number three. This is a really interesting one. Believe and pray for the supernatural in your work. Just because you don't work for a church doesn't mean God's not interested to work through you in your workplace. You know, I love the fact that in Daniel chapter 1, you know, it, it, the, the Bible says that to, to these, verse 17, to these four young men, God gave knowledge and understanding of all kinds of literature and learning. God gave them that. And in chapter 2, when you know, Nebuchadnezzar has this dream and he wants his, all his magicians to tell him what the dream is and then interpret it, you know, they're saying, no one can do this. The first thing Daniel does when, when he hears the challenge is he goes and prays. And he says, God, you have all the wisdom. You know everything. You're the great God. Come on, God, will you give it to me? And then he, he says to, to, to Nebuchadnezzar, nobody else has this ability, but our God is the one who knows mysteries. Verse 21, Daniel uh, replied, No wise man, enchanter, magician, or diviner can explain to the king the mystery he has asked about, but there is a God in heaven. But there is a God in heaven. Believe for the supernatural in your work. Believe for God to inspire you with strategies that are mind-blowing because they're not from you, that transcend your skill and your ability and your training and your expertise. Believe that the God of infinite wisdom can speak to you and give you a brilliant idea and a solution and a strategy to what you need in your workplace. I have a friend of mine called Catherine who was on the board at Petersham, and she's told me numerous stories. She's a consultant. And she's told me numerous stories how she'll go into a meeting and she's having, you know, a, a really tough meeting. She doesn't know what to do. And she'll just say, Jesus, will you just help me? I know you have the right idea for this situation. And the number of times she said that God just gives her an idea and she's like, wow, that is so not what I would think to do. And she's presented it and people have gone, how did you come up with that? And she goes, and she's unashamed. She goes, Jesus told me. And people respect her because like, like, okay, well, that's a great idea. Come on, believe for that in your workplace, whatever it is you're doing. When you hit a brick wall, not even hitting a brick wall, every day when you go to work, say, come on, Jesus, will you use me? Will you give me ideas? Will you give me strategies? Will you give me solutions to complex problems that are supernatural, that transcend my abilities and skill in the natural? Number four, manage yourself well. Manage yourself well. As I read through these chapters, what blows my mind is the respect that is always shown by Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. In chapter 3, when they're about to be thrown in the fire, you know, these guys speak so respectfully to Nebuchadnezzar. They address him as, as a king three times. If you want to throw that next scripture up. Chapter 3, 
Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego replied to him, King Nebuchadnezzar, we do not need to defend ourselves before you in this matter. If we are thrown into the blazing furnace, the God we serve is able to deliver us from it, and he will deliver us from your majesty's hand. Next slide. But even if he does not, we want you to know your majesty, that we will not serve your gods or worship the image of God you've set up. Such respect. Don't be in your workplace like this guy. Can we show the video, please? And there's heaps of these. You can Google it yourself. People having a bad day in the office, plenty of videos. <laughs> People losing it at work, plenty of videos. But don't be like that. Manage yourself well. Uh, warning, dad joke coming. <laughs> Even if your boss is about to get you fired, wait for it, get it? Fire. Daniel, f fiery furnace. Uh, I told you it was a dad joke. When you have to explain a joke, it's a dad joke. Think about this. They're in a, they're in a pagan environment. They're, they're with a king who doesn't appreciate their Israel, Israelite Jewish customs and ways of doing things. They're, as the story unfolds, they're among people who are out to sabotage them at every opportunity. These opponents are trying to find a way to trap Daniel all the time. Imagine if you had a workplace, and maybe you do, where everyone's just out to get you, and the boss always takes everybody else's side and makes rules and introduces procedures that's good for everybody else, but it's not good for you. That's the environment these guys are in. And yet at every point, they act respectfully. They act with honor. They act with dignity because they're managing themselves well. They might not be able to control their environment. They might not be able to control other people. But they have decided that they are going to discipline and control themselves to act with honor. And I love the fact that in Daniel 6, even though these guys are really out to get Daniel, he never once says anything about them to Nebuchadnezzar. Never. Never challenges. Never says, oh, you, you, you're talking about me? Let me tell you about them. Never. He just goes and he prays. That's incredible character and dignity. The last point kind of links into this one. Trust God. Trust God. If you do, that's when you can manage yourself well. And that's what these guys found. God, we're in your hands. And I love in chapter 3 how Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they can say, you know, King, our, our God is able to deliver us. But even if he doesn't, we will not bow our knee to this statue. In Daniel chapter 6, the first thing Daniel does is he goes and prays and says, God, you've got to do something. You've got to do something. And in, 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 in these chapters throughout, Nebuchadnezzar and Darius, they acknowledge God's supernatural intervention in these people's lives because they trusted in God. Because they trusted in God. Now, I want to tell you, just because you trust in God doesn't mean you won't get fired. In this instance, these guys could have been burnt up in the furnace. And they knew that. And when you stand for God and when you stand to honor God and when you stand to your convictions, it may get you fired. But that's not the end of the story ever. And as Daniel chapters 7 to 12 go to tell us, there is a resurrection that is the future hope. But even in between getting fired and the second coming of Christ, there is hope because God is still in control of your life. Every moment, every step, He's with you. And when you have that conviction and you have that certainty, then you can manage yourself well. Because it's not about you having to make your own way. It's not about you having to save your job. It's not about you having to do anything because you are totally in the hands of your loving Father. 
And if you can rest in that and have a full heart and be secure in what Jesus has done for you and say, God, I'm going to be the best at, at my job. I'm going to do the best I can. I'm not going to compromise. I'm going to have clear convictions and I'm going to, stro- I'm going to stay true to honoring you in my workplace. God, I'm going to believe for the supernatural. I'm going to believe that you're going to use me in ways that are beyond my natural abilities. But God, even if it means that I'm going to get fired or I'm not going to get the promotion or I'm not going to get whatever, I trust you. I surrender my career. I sur- surrender my, my everyday work, your, my provision, and everything into your loving hands. Think of Joseph, and I end with this. Joseph, when he was thrown in the pit, had no idea what was going to happen next. And yet he ended up in Potiphar's house. And when he was there, he's falsely accused for something he didn't do because of his convictions to honor God in that place. He gets kicked out of there. He gets fired. In fact, he gets thrown into prison, falsely accused on trumped up charges. And he's there and he's working well. He's working hard. He's diligent. He's faithful. He's doing good things. He's believing God for the supernatural. God gives him interpretations for dreams and he's forgotten for years. And he's yet he's there just doing his thing, completely trusting in God. And eventually the promotion comes. Years later, the promotion comes. And then as Joseph looks back on his life and he says to his brothers, everything that's happened to me, you thought was for evil, but God. But God. And so you might get fired. You might miss out on a promotion. You might even end up in jail, falsely accused of something. But if God is in control of your life and you can trust him, at some point you'll be able to look back and say, but God, but God. You see, it's because of Jesus. All of this is because of Jesus. Because Jesus does all of this ultimately, completely, fully. I don't know if you've ever thought about that. Jesus was good at what he did. In fact, when people heard him teach, the people who'd heard so many other teachers come and go said, this guy is different. He's got a different anointing. He's got a different authority. Jesus was good at what he did. And and Jesus didn't compromise. There were plenty of opportunities when he experienced pressure to conform to Pharisaic requirements. He he was under pressure to do things like everybody else. And Jesus continually said, no, I'm going to honor my father. And he stayed true to his calling all the way through. And Jesus believed for the supernatural. In fact, in John 11, is a great example when Jesus says, you know, God, I know that you're going to answer my prayer, but I'm praying this so that they know that you are working through me. And Luke 4, when Jesus is anointed by the Spirit, it's to do supernatural things. Jesus was supernaturally empowered by God's Spirit to do the things he did. And Jesus ultimately displayed his self-management when he faced the Sanhedrin on trumped-up charges. Again, same thing. They were looking for a way to bring Jesus down, and they found nothing because of his integrity and his character. But even with false charges, trumped up charges, he's, he's standing there and he's treating people who are doing the wrong thing on every level with respect. He stands before Pilate with respect. And then on the cross and in the garden, we see him surrender. Say, not my will, Father. This is wrong. This is unjust. But I see that your purpose will prevail even in this. And so I surrender to your will and I commit my spirit to you. That's why as Christians, as followers of Christ, we can not only follow Christ's example, but we can, we can be empowered by His Spirit, the same Spirit that empowered Him to empower us in our workplace. So if you want to stand out from the crowd, if you want to honor God, if you want to radiate Jesus in your workplace, 
then be the best at what you do. Be the best. Whatever that means, whatever that looks like, be the best. Know where your lines are. Know how you can honor Christ in your workplace. What compromises you just won't make. Manage yourself well, no matter what people throw at you. Believe that God is there in your workplace, using you in supernatural ways. And trust Him with your whole life and future. Why don't we stand? Thank you, Lord. You know, this is our last kind of sermon on this series. We're going to start a new series next, next week leading up to Easter. But I really want to pray for each of you, whether you're in school or at university or at college or at TAFE or in your work or currently unemployed or retired or wherever you are. I, I want to pray as, as, as the pastor here, a commissioning on each of us that God would go with us. Why don't you just lift your hands if you feel comfortable to do that. And we're going to come before God as a church and believe that God is going to do something powerful through us. Father, I bring us as a church community before you, as men and women, as your children, Father, some that you've called to be studying right now, and others, Lord, that you've planted in workplaces all over this city, Father, some that work for themselves, and others that work for other people, and some that work in, in hospitals, and schools, and businesses, and, and in, uh, in IT, and Lord, in all kinds of different sectors, Lord, and we bring them before you in the name of Jesus. Lord, I pray that your Spirit will anoint them. Lord, that your Holy Spirit will rest powerfully on them, that these men and women will serve the King of Kings. Lord, that they will not bow down to the gods of this age. They will not bow down to the pressure of our culture to compromise, to embrace different values, different ethics, and a different worldview, but they would honor Jesus. Lord, I pray, give them supernatural wisdom and insight, supernatural ideas and strategies. Lord, birth fresh vision, dreams, Lord, of what might be. Lord, use them to be the best in their workplace, not because it's a competition, but Lord, because they want to honor you with the gifts, the talents, the skills, and the experience you've given them. Lord, I pray that we would be learners and growers. Lord, that we would be developing so that we can continually be good at what we do. Make us people of character and integrity. And Lord, even when everything is thrown against us, I pray that we will manage ourselves well and reflect Jesus because we trust in you. And so I pray your hand of commissioning and your impartation over every single person. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. God bless you. Go with God. Make a difference in your workplace and bring glory to Jesus. If you'd like prayer for anything, please come and let us pray for you. We'd love to do that. God bless you.